Hello, this is a Jay the Shark and Friends and Russell mm, and Russell podcast. And on today's show, and on today's show, we're talking to the incredible Rebecca Leck. Not only is Rebecca one of the most positive people we've ever had on the show, she might also be the most nuts. Nuts like if you've taken all the squirrels across the whole wide world and counted how many nuts they've buried for winter for the last 10 years. Well, that's how nuts probably Rebecca is. Anyway, Singaporean Rebecca made her way to Phuket for the first stint back in 2004 and then came back again in 2012. From golf membership sales to setting up a wakeboard park to now helping those in need during the lockdown with the community movement hashtag soul food, Rebecca is just plain awesome. Good one this. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. So the thing is, right, and to be fair to Rebecca, she was very lovingly (laughs) brought me a coffee, which I thought was very nice. And she did send a message to both of us. We'd be like coffees. I took it up and said, yes, I would like a coffee because it's now half past two. I need coffee. And it's come from this place called Blue House Cafe. Now, have you heard of Blue House Cafe? I'm not, but are we not going to say hello to Rebecca? Have you, have you heard of Blue House Cafe? No, I've never heard of Blue House Cafe. No, neither had I. So the natural question would be, I wonder where <laughs> Blue House Cafe is, which is what I asked. And she what said, did oh, I no, say? no, no, no. It's by the 7-Eleven. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, before we introduce Rebecca, just a quick <laughs> advertising note, Blue House Cafe is next to 7-Eleven. <laughs> no, right across. Right across the street My from 7-Eleven. My moment of right. brilliance. <laughs> I have those moments quite a lot. <laughs> It's the COVID, man, damn it. <laughs> you got to blame everything on COVID. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Leck. Yes. Hello, darling. Hello, Miss Sp- Jade Shark. Thank you very much for uh, offering to bring us coffees. You, you, you did accept yours, Russell. Yes, I did. I'd have brought you a lemon tea. You didn't want it. No, I don't really drink tea. I'm not a big tea fan. What kind tea? of English person are you? Why no. do you say it like that? Oh, are you not English? You're Aussie? Or what? No. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for joining the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of Rebecca. <laughs> I've never drunk tea, actually. I've, no, I've never been a tea person. So what do you drink? Um, I'm now drinking a lot. Of, I drink Diet Coke because I'm... I'm so <laughs> fake. I know, I'm, but <laughs> my life's fake. Um, I, I actually, I prefer Pepsi Max Thanks to God. Diet Coke. You. Actually, yeah, well... Oh, that's just like comparing eating dog shit and cat shit. <laughs> uh, bl- I usually drink black coffee, but I've had enough coffees today, so I, I'm all good. I'm all good. See, that's the concept I don't coffee. understand. Too much coffee. I just, I don't. What? I just don't get it. But I do. Yeah. I like that too. Well, there you I go. I should drink anything past three o'clock. I've been <laughs> staring up the ceiling, so. Um, right. So we're here at Canine Point Academy, Russell's new facility. Which Is, is, this, your, is this your first time here? Uh, I've been here when it's under construction, yeah, but I've never been the shell. in here. Yeah, okay. I'll yeah. take you for a little walk around shortly. Yeah, I came by well, to check shortly. out the feng shui. Yeah. Because I'm Chinese. I know a lot about feng shui. Well, there we go. Yeah. So where are you from originally? Singapore. So you're Singapore. And how long have you been in Phuket for? 
The first time when I got here was when I was hired to work on a property project, which is the uh, Andara now. So that was in 2004, two and a half months before tsunami. Oh, wow. So, that the first, <laughs> uh, so that's what brought you to Phuket the yeah. first time was this property project. Yeah. I think a lot of people come here. It's either scuba diving, teaching, or working in property. Yeah. It was at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that dynamic's changed slightly now. Yeah. yeah. Moving forward. So why did you want to... Where were you at the time? You was in Singapore? Yeah, I was hired from Singapore. So I was brought here to work on this property project. At that point in time, um, it was all this vacation home, a bit of like... Well, can you say... No, it's not timeshare. It's like vacation share or home sharing. It's timeshare. Timeshare. (laughs) I kind of like try not to use that word. (laughs) Like what would be... Well, it does... Timeshare does... I mean, I hate the word timeshare, but I think that just comes from... There are a few companies that made timeshare horrible but actually vacation the concept is good huh the concept is good the concept's good yeah, yeah, yeah. but i just think that unfortunately you got that i'm not going to mention the company name but they were very aggressive in how they would try to get people to sign up for timeshare but i think it's also how the salespeople are put under pressure to close deals right oh, i sure. mean i've yeah. always been a salesperson mm. so i understand that they need to do because that's where the money is right so yeah. you so. where did you grew up in singapore yeah what was that like fantastic because singapore you're so cozy you're like you're so covered you know you're, you're not exposed to danger on your own like when i first got yeah. here i've got my driving license so i passed my driving license like after the second try and the moment i got <laughs> off so after the second <laughs> okay what? the first time i ran over a curb but that was accident <laughs> i didn't kill nobody i didn't kill a cat <laughs> I, gonna say I, ran over I just a turned cat. too early <laughs> you know one of those did see clutzy moment again so then again the second time i understood what i had to do because first time was a trial right i didn't know what i had to do so i was a bit nervous and I kind of like, uh, you know, anticipated a little bit too early. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was careful though. Yeah. So then again, um, so I, I got here and I've never driven after I passed my um, driving test, right? Because in Singapore, you get driven by your your family, you that taxi, you know, like such a you good don't need public transport yeah, system. Yeah, and, and it's so expensive to own a car. Like, who wants to own a car? Takes up all it's your like savings. It's the most right? expensive place in the world to own a car. Yeah, exactly. And not just owning a car; it's all the taxes, yeah. the whatever road tax and stuff that you have COA. to pay. Parking, like here, you don't pay a cent for no. parking. Like there, you have to pay for parking. You get caught for not putting your ticket, and then you get caught for you know not extending your ticket at the appropriate time. So there's a lot of stuff. So anyway, when I got here. <laughs> I got off the plane, <laughs> you know, the person that hired me got somebody to come pick me up and they said, okay, now drive, you know, like drive to the work site. I'm like, no, uh. <laughs> shit, I haven't driven in five years. Like, but you got to like pretend that you know what you're doing. So then I kind of like maneuver myself out <laughs> of the car park really slowly. I thought I was driving so fast. And then the guy that was picking me up, he kind of looked at me like, are you all right? Because I was driving like 40 kilometers. Yeah. I was so slow, like treading carefully because I didn't understand the traffic. And come on, in Singapore, it's easier. Like everything is like there. But here the roads were like, you don't follow the lines. You know, you nah. kind of go by anticipation. You kind of like estimate, you know. So well, I, in Singapore, I was you drive panicking. on the left, right? Whereas here we drive it's the in the same shade. Side. No, no, it's on the same well, side. Here we drive in the shade. <laughs> well, well, it's on yeah. the same side. Yeah, yeah. So it was okay, you yeah. know. Yeah. So then again, I got through it and um, two and a half months into my job, I was swept back by tsunami. So I went back home and I chill out till I came back here again in 2008. 
Okay. Okay. So you had a little bit of a break. A little bit of a break. So what were you doing in Singapore before you came here? What was life like? So were you working in sales at the time? Do you know what? I, this is a personal. No, you don't you do have to answer week. this. Can I ask how old you are? Mm, I'm gonna be 32. Shut Fuck off. Yeah. I I've got good genes. You certainly Asian. do. They, they, they look very good on you. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you that really? That's, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Holy I've survived. Well, look, I've no, survived no, 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 all no, no, this. Rebecca, not being funny, we're all going to be 50 soon. Yeah. But I mean, Are we going to have a challenge? Well, no, some of us are going to be 50 race? sooner than the race? others. But when you say soon, I mean, when I say soon, I've got 14 years to go. When <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a long way. <laughs> so how you soon know, is soon? I mean, Soon is like uh, coming up. Oh wow! The that's year end. Oh oh wow! Yeah. Wow! Jesus, girl, <laughs> whatever you've got, bottle it and sell it. I tell you. Ooh, right. yeah. you want some of that? <laughs> 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 Don't you? Are you single? Uh, As yes. it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not available. I'm sorry. <laughs> and sorry, uh, no match. And no apparently, <laughs> R- Russell's just given me my age limitations. Yeah. And you, you, you are over the age of 27, which apparently I'm allowed to um, go yeah, for. That's true. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You do the young ones? Well, no, I haven't done the young ones <laughs> yet. Well, oh. uh, you know, in the past. I'm, no, no, that, makes What's me your problem? No, that comes out wrong. What's my problem? Yeah. Uh, what shoes do you have? Single. Well, how about we that's talk about no, you? No, 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 no. no <laughs> right. that, that, apparently, you're the one with the problem. <laughs> let us not go down that particular <laughs> rabbit hole. Let's keep this on you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, right. All about me. So, born and born me. and brought up in Singapore. Yeah. To Singaporean parents, or yes, yeah, Singaporean okay. parents for sure. How? Because Russell, you know more about that. I mean, you touch okay. on Singapore well, yeah, no, than so, I do. So, so. Okay, so you're a little bit older than me. Yeah. Not very much. A um, lot. So yeah. So when were you sort of seventy-two? So yeah. Okay. So um, because I went to school in Singapore as well. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah, briefly. So um. But what was it like sort of growing up in, in Singapore? Because my experience of Singapore is... Tell me your experience. Uh, okay, well, mine's, not, mine's the easy one. I ab- when I went to Singapore the first time for school, I absolutely hated it. And I was coming from Hong Kong in the 80s. So it was 1990 we moved to, to Singapore. And I went from Hong Kong, which was vibrant. It was bustling. It was just alive. It was kicking. It was do what you want. It was rebellious. To going to Singapore, which was strict. It was controlled. It was straight lines, it was medicinal, it was... And I just really reacted badly to that. On the flip side, I love going to Singapore now. <laughs> I really... I mean, I've got just a lot because of... because it's different from here? Well, A, that it's... Yeah, I like some, you know, a little bit of normality and a little more sort of control. I've got a lot of old school friends that still live there, and I really enjoy... It's just... Things are so easy and sensible and, and logical in Singapore. And they... When, when Singaporeans do stuff, they... They do it right. Um, I mean, we're always lamenting here, like the road projects and construction. Singapore put up great big monstrous buildings, but they look amazing. And they've, uh, they're green and the trees are everywhere. And it's just, it, everything looks fabulous. So I enjoy it now. But obviously, I, you know, I didn't grow up there. So I just, what was the experience like? Was there more of a transition? I, you know, like for me, it's probably a little bit different because I grew up with my brothers and sisters that are quite outgoing, athletic, and we're always out every Sunday. If we're not barbecuing somewhere, we're out in my brother's stupid dinghy that, you <laughs> know, like basically just sing right in the middle of nowhere and yeah. we have to scoop water out. But that was all this adventure, like we'll go snorkeling. So growing up was kind of fun for me because we always led quite an outdoor life. And my brother... Um, 
he kind of ran like an outdoor canoeing, windsurfing um, facility out oh. in Sentosa before all of this thing changed. Yeah, yeah. So every weekend I was working for him for oh, like wow. $4 an hour. We wasn't that bad. I mean, you yeah. know, I got some pocket money. Sure. And then like when I was not working for him, I would go work in a marina for like $50 a day, you know, mm-hmm. like $50 was like a thousand six hundred baht or yeah. so. Yeah. For a whole day, it was quite fun. I mean, for me, it was just not so much the money, but more the experience and the fun that I get out of it, rather right. than just sitting and not doing anything. You know? And which schools were you at? I went to a Bukit Panjang government high. It was like okay. a government school, which I regretted because it was so far away from home. I don't even know why, because I had like a tuition teacher that was like from that school. Mm-hmm. And she said, this is a very good school and you should go there. And I didn't know, like you just listen to your teacher. Like you're yeah. taught to listen and just obey what you're told to do. Like if people say this is the best, then you just do it. I'm thinking like, what the hell am I doing? I have to take like two, but took me an hour and a half both ways just to go to school yeah. and come back. i'm thinking why am i wasting all this time but then it was too late i mean once you know. you're in you're in <laughs> and and in singapore you cannot say oh you know like i take a break like you know no yeah. because you know if you don't proceed it it would seem that you have not satisfied you know the quota that's expected of you so yeah you just proceeded with that and what so going through sort of the later school what was your sort of fo- profession what was your focus what was your idea of what i, what I want to get into uh, I have always enjoyed um, talking to people. So I, at, a, at quite a young age, I knew that sales and being around people was what that I could be very good at. Okay. And in my head, like I, I was reading like a lot of stuff about how to close sales and like the stuff you do, you have to learn how to do the proper handshake with a bit of a squeeze, you know, <laughs> when you walk upright, wherever, you know, like all this stuff, like you, when you read this stuff, you say, oh, fuck, so cheesy, you know, these days when you look at all these self-help books that people are reading, but I don't think this is part of self-help anymore, you know, but then at that point, so I was kind of quite conscious that was what I would be good at doing. And so, and you... I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll come on to what you're doing now, but what was the, like your first thing out of school? What was your working-wise? What, I, what got you on a career I path? had a diploma first in building construction. So like I wanted to do that because I wanted to understand how buildings were built. Mm-hmm. So that was also one of my little interests. So I uh, went into, to, I picked up a diploma in building and building management, right? So when I got up, my first job was as a waterproofing specialist which I knew nothing about, but I had to read Sorry, a lot. A waterproofing... Yeah, spe- yeah. Waterpro- so what you do waterproofing is... Waterproofing buildings, I'm assuming. Yeah, not the roof, the roof. Yeah, okay. So you got to go up there, you got to study all the bitumen, the, I've the got different, a couple of small leaks that you can Yeah, like all the ceilings and stuff that you need to know, like the application and stuff like that. So I just spent my whole day climbing up rooftop. Wow. That's the and second no, thing I wasn't expecting excess, today. You know the excess uh, staircase that yeah. goes up to the rooftop? That was what I did for a year. <laughs> Wow. That was fun. I bet it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when so you went through Singapore and you was doing so was that your that's your first job was doing the uh, That real, was like my first, first real job. job. Yeah. And and at this stage did you have any inclination that you wanted to travel? Uh I have always had the you know in my mind because in that cause of work. So wait, the thing is that my next job that went after that, I was selling machineries. Okay. Excavation and piling machineries. Proper, that, proper diggers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. that, no, proper piling. Yeah, 
baby. Yeah, 40 meters. Woo-hoo, all the way down. <laughs> For those who are watching the podcast. And laying black pipes. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca's demonstrating what a pile driver does. <laughs> yeah. Which How looks you get like something completely different to me. But anyway. So then again, I got to meet um, uh, a lot of people that were traveling from all over the world because I need to host them and I need to talk to them and I need to correspond with them and, and kind of host them when they're here because we are like the, the regional representative of all their products from Holland, from America, from UK, from Italy and everywhere else. Then I realized that, hey, I mean, I met all these people. Like, I never thought of going there on my own. But when I was young, I actually traveled, but always with my family. But mm. we always go like Asia, places like that. You know, we never really got you know, across the continent. So in my head, I did want to travel, you know, so. And did you, did your parents take you on holiday different places or? Yeah, every year I go like two, three holidays. Where like would you I go? I even go on a cruise. I don't know. Like one of those places I'm thinking now, like I went to Lake Toba. It's like a, now that I realize it's like a crate of the volcano. I was thinking like, why didn't I pick up some shit, you know? Because like, now I'm interested. Like one of the things I want to do is to go visit a volcano somewhere. But then with the New Zealand, that white eye, uh, whatever, yeah, yeah, white yeah. Uh, Maybe not I, that but one. But I think if you're careful, like, you know, to like a proper guided place, maybe it's quite good. Like, I one of those things that I like to do. Volcanologist, that's what you should have studied. Yeah, it could be. I, I've Star been Trek to the it. big island, though, in Hawaii. I wasn't talking about Star Trek. All right. Okay. <laughs> Long live and prosper and all that. <laughs> joke, Russ. Yeah. Um, so what did you do after selling diggers? I like the diggers bit. After selling diggers, I thought, okay, so I've done a little bit about building. I kind of like it and I kind of don't like it because it's a little bit rough and you can't dress up and you're always in denims and you're always talking to God. <laughs> Hold like, on, I'm sorry. Hang on. Have you ever seen Rebecca dress up? No. I've never seen you dress up. So all of a sudden... Would you dress like down, to yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. We've been interrupted. It's oh. all right. Come in, mate. He wants two more oh, of those. Yes. Yeah. Where are they? Hang on one sec. I'll be back. You guys carry on. Okay, be right back. BRB. Russell's just been dragged off on from Canine Point Academy. <laughs> he's gone to fix spotlights. I don't know where he's gone. <laughs> he's going to fix so up stuff. You were hold on. So we've gone from diggers to then you wanted to dress up, and yep. we were just mentioned you've ne- I've so never seen you. I've never so seen you dress up. So then again, what I did was um, I uh, I found a job. Uh, that I actually applied for a job that was working for a golf resort in Malaysia. Oh, okay. Doing sales? Selling, yeah, membership sales and stuff like that. So I got kind of quite good at it and make a little bit of money. So you moved from Singapore? No, I didn't move. I was always based in Singapore, but the property was in Malaysia. It was one of the biggest in in Asia at that point. So how were you doing that from Singapore? So you were selling memberships? just drive. I mean, it's just across the causeway. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I so didn't have to. Now, now you're talking to someone who has no idea. <laughs> I thought you can get from Singapore to Malaysia by driving. Yeah, just past the. That causeway. tells you how bad my it's geography is. It's just like is. a Saracen bridge. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit longer, but not much. I did not know that. Yeah, but you have to go through the the passport control yeah, stuff. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every day you go through passport control. To I didn't really have to because I was working in the same office and I only have to go there like maybe twice or three times a week, just so that when I have like a club tour that I'm taking people up there to show them the property, have lunch, and then we'll take a. And that was buying golf membership. Yep. So it was just so you buy the membership and then you go and play whenever you. Were you a golfer at the time? Uh, yeah, I I tried playing golf there. Tried. Yeah, I I wasn't that bad. Are you still golfing? 
because uh, it's too expensive yeah, I have really like expensive upset. yeah because yeah. it's not worth the while go cut somebody's grass and then you mess up your whole day you get moody you know because <laughs> you're just because <laughs> you you're losing it? all your balls and stuff it's not did really did you take good. it that seriously uh, I did because I was going driving range like every week at that point also I had a boyfriend that was also a golfer so every weekend I was golfing okay uh-huh I got I'm not lesbian, you know. I didn't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just so you know that, that was going to be the next question. <laughs> Rebecca, are you a lesbian? No, not okay. yet. Not but, yet. No, no, not yet. I, not I yet. wouldn't say no because I enjoy women's company. So you know. I see. I consider myself a lesbian. I'm I very know. happy. I know. Very and happy. You like as many. I like a little bit of lesbian. <laughs> just like I tell people I'm gay, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Gay's right. So no, I think going back to golf. Golf's super expensive here. Because mm-hmm. we were when I first got to Phuket, we were playing every Thursday at Lock Palm right. when you'd get the resident rate, and it was it was almost it was cheap then. It was like a thousand five hundred baht for the whole round. Right. But now you're paying like five six thousand baht. It's crazy. That's excluding having to pay your caddies, your yeah. caddy fees. Well, it depends what you do with them afterwards, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but you have oh. to pay like the tip, right? All right, not not like, the oh like not for the extra. No, no, no. Like you have to pay like five hundred baht at least for eighteen hole, like three hundred for nine, right? So it's bonkers. It is bonkers yeah. price. So you started doing golf memberships. Yep. And then carried on doing that, making some money, making good money. Uh, yeah, and that's when I could actually, you know, just look at the map and say, where do you want to go? I could just go on my own without anybody helping me, financing me, whichever way. But that time you had your boyfriend. Uh, yeah. Quite serious? Yeah, but I can, I'm still allowed to travel, no? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not it's not jail no, sentence, is you it? you mustn't not travel. <laughs> because the way you say, like, uh, are you allowed to? Yes. I don't I, know how it I, works. I have legs <laughs> to walk. <laughs> <laughs> so then what year was you doing this? So I'm just trying to build up to when you then first came I to Phuket. I think it was in 1997. Okay, so it was a few years about... Yeah. So what then were you doing? So what you... You came to Phuket in 2004, just before, and then left. But for that first... Why did you come to Phuket? I know it was for the job. But were you looking to come overseas? Were you looking to work overseas not or really, not? Because it was somebody that I knew. Because, you know, like um, when I was working in Malaysia, uh, the property that we were working in, and after that I was hired to also manage the place, was a place where we have a complete golf set, uh, resort set up. Okay. You have the golf course, you have the um, hotel, like one of the biggest, like 313 rooms, you know, it was like a big five star outfit. So, um, this person that I knew of that also worked for the hotel has actually bumped. I mean, we kind of bumped into each other in Bangkok. Then he said, hey, you know what you're doing? I said, um, I'm kind of like looking for something to do. It was just one of those things you walk past a mall and then you hear somebody's voice that is so familiar. And then you look, you know, you kind of like take a second look. It's like, hey, what are you doing here? You know, it's that kind of conversation. And then we exchanged number. And then that was kind of like it was part of his project that was in Phuket that he kind of like say, hey, why don't you come and work for the owners here? You know, were you looking to go obviously? It was just one of those things. Just no, happened, huh? I, I never really look for nothing. You know, it's just one of those things that say, hey, and, and I'm always quite open to new challenges because I think people are placed in your path to show you something different that you never thought you could. So I'm always the kind of person that say yes to everything, but with a little bit of like reservation, but like just go find out what it is. Because to me, it doesn't matter if I don't like it. I just buy myself a ticket to come home. Sure. So I'm not like kind of like strapped to anything, right? And were you uh, with anybody at the time? Were you single at the time? Uh, 
I was there with my boyfriend. So actually, yeah, technically I wasn't single. I was never single when I was single. <laughs> but how did he feel then? When, so if you wanted to, and so I've got two questions. So how did he feel when you said, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to go to Phuket. And he said, yes, go. Because then he can go date somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was the trick, right? So he like, was having a little The supportive party. boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, he's up to some shit. But then it's okay. That's what men That's like. the past, yeah. And have you been to Phuket beforehand or never? Uh, I have been here once like a two three day two night kind of holiday staying in Patong. so nice. i didn't think much of it because I, I didn't know where to go sure like everybody you know tell you like go to Patong because like you get the shopping you get the beach you get the party and stuff like that Table so tennis, i mean naturally but i didn't pong. think much of it i didn't think i was gonna like it but when i first got here uh, because i had my boyfriend then i was saying that oh could i do like two weeks in phuket and you know go home you know, to Singapore for a week and then come back. So I was like, I was trying to do like seven days a week, walk with uh, work, working without break, and then take my days off back in Singapore, like for four or five days. Okay. I'm back. So that was. Oh, Russell's welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. In, for coming in case back. you hadn't noticed, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> so it's been a great podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. See you next week. <laughs> so 2004, then obviously the, the devastating tsunami then hit. So you then went back to Singapore yeah. because obviously there was no work. Here uh, it wasn't that there was no work. It's just that I feel, uh, you know, this is a bad sign. You know how it is when things happen. Things happen and then, and then other things happen. Maybe it's a sign that I should go home. Oh, you, like, is this like a Frenchy, Chinesey kind of spiritual thing? No, that no, you no, have, no nothing, nothing. It was just then I was at my boyfriend's like, maybe that was a sign that I have to go back home. You, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I nearly just died. Maybe I should not be here. Yeah, you know, right. like, you know, like, honestly... I came back on, so it happened on the Sunday, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> I think so, in yeah. In 2004. And I was actually due back on that day to come back to Phuket. Oh, wow. Okay. On some, because I have to work on Monday. So I was supposed to fly back in the morning at nine o'clock. And then I got a phone call, you know, like somebody I knew here said, oh, are you at the airport? I said, yes, I'm at the airport because <laughs> I was at Changi Airport. He said, there's a lot of water. I said, what water? I'm <laughs> in Changi Airport. Like I see a lot of people, but not water. He said, you're not at Phuket Airport. I said, no, I'm back and said, I'm going back to Phuket. He said, oh, you know, like all the airports are shut. You can't come back. But then I was already at airport. So actually I changed my flight to fly into Bangkok. And then I stayed in Bangkok for like a day before coming back to Phuket. And then I was quite curious and you drove everywhere to see how devastating it is. And you, you remember that image where at Hard Rock Cafe, there was this car that was sticking out of Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went there just to go see that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow. <it's> like, <laughs> you know, you just have to see it. I no, mean, you I, saw it on news. I, you I know? think you do, especially if you're in that place. I mean, yeah, you, you do want to go and look. Yeah, at so I kind of like took a day just to drive everywhere just to see how devastating it is. But at that point, I didn't know anybody because I was just like a newbie here. Right. So I didn't feel... You know, you feel it, but you're not into it. You had no attachment. You had no attachment to it, so you didn't know. You know, like people were helping. I'm thinking, like, I could help, but what am I? Where am I gonna go? I don't even know where to drive to. You know? No, it's true. I mean, I remember there was a few years back when it was the 10 year anniversary. People were really having conversations about it, and they were really getting into it. And they asked me what my views. I was like, I I don't know. I didn't even know it had happened because you weren't here yet. No, I didn't get here till 2007, but obviously uh, I didn't even know about the, I don't think I even knew that Thailand had been hit by the tsunami, right. apart from until I got here, then obviously I knew that. Right, but right. Where I, wherever I was in 2004, mm-hmm. God knows which country I was in at that time, I'd, Turkey or Greece, yeah. I'd imagine, mm-hmm. it wasn't news there. You right, know, we, right. were, we were working on the beach, we were working in sailing, so we didn't hear about this disaster yeah and so also I, because you have no friends or whatnot that's involved nothing in it. yeah, yeah like if you've got you no don't connection have any to attachment it. yeah yeah 
It's like so a hurricane in Florida or wherever. Yeah. <laughs> so then what brought you back in 2008? So I was, uh, I came back to work for Blue Canyon. Ah. Oh. Do you play golf? Yeah, at we that point I Russell, we did this about 20 minutes what ago. What have you... Sorry, where, where have I been? She I've been on site. She played golf. She's gay. I'm a lesbian. Yeah. She had a we have perfect match made in yeah, heaven, Jay. Exactly. <laughs> this is what happened when you was out. We should have a big party. I, sh- I should leave more often. Yeah, go <laughs> and put spotlights up or something. Russell, you are invited. Excellent. With Whatever, em. whatever it's to, I'm in. <laughs> Emily's coming. So yeah, so We need be- on our team. Bexter does play golf. Doesn't play so much anymore because it's expensive. Do, 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 you could just go and listen again and catch <laughs> Actually, up. Actually, I tell you what, yeah, I can catch up on the and podcast. And then come back and ask a question. <laughs> if I ask a question and you've already talked about it, just say that. So what were you doing at the lovely Blue Canyon? I golf? was working... Yeah, I did. <laughs> Are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> I can't be gay. I can't, I can't do... I can't do them all. I don't discriminate, so. Yeah. Friendly. So <laughs> Rainbow friendly. Yeah. <laughs> we're all rainbow friendly. Um... <laughs> my God, I was thinking about rainbows and friendlies. Um, so what were you doing at Blue Canyon? So um, Blue Canyon, I was hired to be the director of revenue. So what, I does, <laughs> what does that mean? So basically you just look at where Money. else, like a business development in a way. You okay. know, and also to look at all the different departments, like how they're doing and stuff like that. And was that, that the time in, two, so that was 2008, that's when Blue Canyon was actually nice. Uh, yeah, Sorry. before it was under siege. Yeah. Well, I just and I was there, mind you. I, I just think for me, and I love, when I first went to Blue Canyon, I was over, overwhelmed with how beautiful yeah. this golf course. To me, it was, I mean, I've seen my, I'm not a big golfer, and I've seen some golf courses and public golf courses and local golf courses where I grew up. But this was unbelievable. Like this huge, beautiful clubhouse. The drive into it, yeah, the, yeah. everything about the whole the thing. Grandeur, the grandeur. Yeah, the immense yeah. of it. it was like, and then even just driving up and dropping your clubs off. Walking up the big stairs to yeah. get in. It was just like, wow, this place is amazing. Never been. Have it's you not? It was stunning. one of the top stunning. 50 best golf courses yeah, in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. You see all the things on the wall. It was so, you know, it's like you're watching TV at one of the big golf events. You know, you're walking into this grandeur of event, as you said. Yeah. And now the I went days. back recently and it's like... <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I haven't been back in there. It's, it's sad to me that it's just kind of, uh, and I don't want to diss it just in case I want to sponsor the show, which they can do, no problem at all. No. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, it just that. <laughs> it feels that it's been, like Locked it down. hasn't been looked after. Yeah. It feels like it's just kind of like my parents, it's almost like your parents are still living there, but they've got older, so they're not as cleaning as much as they used to. <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not putting yeah. the wallpaper up. They're not cleaning as, as well as they used. That's what it feels like to me. Um, but, Going back but, to but I think a lot of the golf courses go through this kind of phase, you know, because like, like just speaking from experience now, just to share a little bit of information, like when you are in the membership department, you bring in shitloads of money. <laughs> but usually all this money are kind of like funded up to do something else. Yeah. And very little is left behind for the operation. So the operation money is always from subscription fees and stuff like that, right? Or even like when you pay your, your, your dues, sometimes it may not be funded into upkeeping and maintenance right. of the whole place. So that's just, just, just how it is for most of the golf courses, you yeah. know? Because you know, like, the owners or whoever managing it, they want to see the money. Yeah. And then they may have to pay loans, they may want to use it to fund other projects and mm. stuff like that. So they always think that, oh, you know, the number of members that with all the subscription fees that they pay should be able to kind of, like, 
manage the the management mm. the monthly maintenance course of the whole place but it doesn't always turn out like that so that's one of those problems and that that's why you see a lot of places are run down like that and then there's no money to 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 manage what were you shooting at the time that's a golf term yeah uh, <coughs> i was maybe the best i've played is probably 14 ah that's 14 it's better than me yeah yeah better than 15 <laughs> Yes. yes, not so as good as thirteen. No. Yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, how long were you at Blue Canyon for? Uh, I was there till twenty twelve. Oh wow! Okay. Twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty twelve. Yeah. And mm. then, does that bring us up to Anthem? Yeah. Okay, so let's go to Anthem because now I've noticed that Anthem is no longer, which is a very yeah. sad. We'll get on to that. So. How did you get involved in the uh, Anthem Wake Park? So when I was working here in the golf course, as it is, I'm like, I don't like to do things that are routine. So I was playing golf and I find that I'm such a loser because like Monday to Sunday, I'm just golfing and I never left because you kind of stay in the resort because I, I didn't know a lot of people. So I decided that I should venture out, go do something that's different. <laughs> so that's how I was driving. And I also needed to do something that I could do on my own. Like not play sports where you need to go date somebody to go and play, you know. So doing wakeboarding was kind of fun because you could just show up. So I kind of liked that vibe about the the sports itself, and also the vibe, you know, that is around this wakeboarding scene, right? So um, when I do you know what I'm going to stop you. First of all, wakeboarding you do need other people if you have a boat. But no, it was no, just no. the cable you don't. This is cable, but yeah. the reason you said you like the vibe around it, what she really meant to say was, I she love the guys yeah. in six packs in their little shorts going wakeboarding. Uh, that's what you liked. That's not a bad thing to like. To. <laughs> 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 uh, that was the bonus. But you don't always see. You, you mentioned that your brother had, uh, was doing water sports. Had you done wakeboarding and water skiing or anything no, like that before? Never, 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 never. I kind of like took it up when I was here. Okay. Yeah. That's so. cool. Just something to learn, something new to learn, right? So. And were you part of the, the anthem at the very, very start? Yeah. Because I remember going there when it first, where you had to climb down the mud. Yeah, yeah. that was when we down. first started. We had to yeah. slide down the mud yeah. to get to the thing. Yep, yep. So, wow. And then it came, I mean, how long were you there for? Uh, since the beginning. Because we, we were the founders. So, we actually kind of like looked for money to finance the whole place and then to build the place as well. So, um, it took us six months to um, get it. What happened? I can, can you go into you, it? I cannot tell you the real story. Because well, tell the us day, a fake story. The day that I leave, and I know I'm never going to leave in Thailand anymore, I will tell you right, what okay. happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but, now but I sad enough to say, Anthem is no more. Uh, yeah, we kind of closed the business. Yeah. We had to. Is the climbing still there? Yeah, climbing is still there. And what about the silk, the, the cycling? Was that still part of the whole thing or not? Was it that was not just a fun thing. Like oh, okay. that, yeah, yeah. It was just part of. Yeah, it, it could be there if somebody mm. wanted to do lessons. So where's all the equipment then? What is equipment? it still uh, the the wakeboard the stuff? Is it still there or or is this? Are you good, uh, you're it might have been so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting <laughs> changed tactics. Uh, We're getting into murky waters here. Uh, I don't mean. Yeah, <laughs> but there's no more water there. Did <laughs> you not see? No, I've been afraid. Oh actually. my god! All it's the all been pumped out. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Now, yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's like at least more than six meters. Wow. Below whatever it was. But it's there the before. same everywhere here. Yep. It's like the water behind Blue Tree and all of that. It's just it's all gone, pumping everything out. So where, where? So what are you doing now? No, I, I was actually getting ready to go home. Well, before back to Singapore. COVID. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. So one because my work permit finishes last year in December, right? Right. So I went away, and uh, I needed to come back and sort out things. And I still had my dog and whatnot that I couldn't leave Tintin behind. So I was kind of ready to go back to Singapore. I was just chilling out, like you know, hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. And then COVID happened. I'm such damn. I still haven't figured out what to do with <laughs> my dog. You know. Like, should I put her up adoption or whatnot? You know, but I didn't want to do that. This know? is your paddleboarding dog. Yeah. yeah. How old yeah. is she? She is now, she's going to be eight in June. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can get it to Singapore, but it's just... No, it's just Singapore is not really a nice place for yeah. her. Because most people are not pet friendly. And like the place that I have in Singapore, it's like, it's in a complex. You know? Yeah. It, you've, it's a condo, you have a swimming pool and whatnot. But... It's not like now you just let her out. She can go pee and pee. Yeah. You basically have to take her down, you know, key card access, get out of the metal gate and, yeah. and then go walk her. So it's a, it's not impossible, but I just want to find out what is the best for her. I've, I've noticed over the last few years when I've been going back to Singapore, right. it's becoming a lot more dog friendly. There are a lot more people out with dogs and there's more places that you can go. I have noticed that, but you are right. It's very much at the other end of the extreme compared to the lifestyle that we have for them here. Because again, most of it, I mean, you're going to be in an apartment, you're going to be a few stories up, it is all about, you know. But not just that, like just trying to get your dog out. Like now I could take my car, you know, and, and drive her to the beach or yeah, drive somewhere. absolutely. But in Singapore, I mean, if you don't have your own car and whatnot, it's impossible. Like the Grab drivers may or may not, you kind of have yeah, to yeah. find the pet friendly ones. Correct, you know? yeah. It's just a huge hassle. So you still thinking after this, the airports open up, are you going to head back to Singapore? Are you still, so, I'm in an R in. Like I said, everything happened for a reason. The yep. day before the lockdown, I got a phone call. So I can't tell you what it is oh. now. But oh. that means you're staying or going? I might be staying. I don't know. Okay. I mean, oh. there's a love-hate relationship with Phuket. You know, All every right. time I want to leave something, <laughs> after, you know, so that might happen, but I don't know. Okay, yet. stay yeah. tuned. You Exclusive. Check out any time you leave. Check, check. <laughs> you can check out any time you want, but Same you can never leave. Same time next week. Um, <laughs> I want to touch on, on one thing before we get to your... Is that um, loud? Huh? Is that allowed? I'm lovely to touch. Hashtag I me can, too. I can Ooh. touch Rebecca all I like. <laughs> I'm ready, Jay. <laughs> um, you have been extremely busy during the COVID oh, yes. stuff, doing a load, a load of stuff for charity. Yep. Now, we don't like to bang on about charity and how much work that Russell and I do for charity because <laughs> we do do a lot of work for In your charity. Heart. <laughs> um, and we don't like to discuss it. <laughs> You know, in no. the public forum of how right, much work right. we do do for charity. <laughs> I mean, it's, I just, it's too much to go on about, really. <laughs> I mean, if we did want to talk about it, we'd probably have to do a whole podcast about charity of what we do for charity. I think we have to do a podcast for each. <laughs> or each I event mean, that we've done. It just I mean, it just goes on too much, I think, the amount of work we do do for charity. Which is why I think we I should I mean, just when you go to charity in the dictionary, it says Russell and Jay. Sometimes well, it says Jay and Russell, depending on, you know. Which charity? <laughs> so obviously, we do a lot of work for charity, Bexter. Um, you so thanks for joining the pod. Yeah. Been good. Um, <laughs> but no, on all of, uh, one of the things I did want to say was was well done for the amount Thank of work you. you're actually do doing. Just can you summarise what you've been doing, if you may? Um, how it <laughs> how it started was that when all this thing started, I feel like because I have a platform, and I thought was I was that the one that you stole from Anthem Wake Park. <laughs> no, no, that was too heavy. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Russell stole uh, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I saw it him already. Yeah. My plastic platform. Oh, no, uh, wait. HDPE is HDPE, not plastic. Yeah, yeah. It's not just any plastic, okay? Yeah. It's very durable. Plastic's good. Don't not plastic. So what I felt was that I should do something about it. 
because you know there's always little things that you can do but also i kind of feel having lived here for so long i also feel a little bit i have some compassion in me i'm not such a hot woman <laughs> <laughs> there's a softness in me yeah. inside you know so i decided that i could do something but i never thought what it was gonna be just doing little stuff you know and and how i started the sofit program was that i noticed people were giving a lot of things away which is good like the mm -hmm. rice but i said i didn't have that kind of budget if i were to go that route and then like everything costs like three four five hundred baht i don't know how much i'm gonna raise maybe i raise a thousand baht and mm. then what i'm gonna get two bag of yeah like groceries like what am i doing it's not impactful so i decided that i should give food because then it's one less meal for people to think about and it's quite nice i don't think people are at the stage whereby they completely have no food agreed but more so to show people that we see what you're going through just we're here to help. Hi, you know how you're doing and stuff like that. Just to give people some comfort that somebody actually knows what you're going through. Mm. They help you as much as you can and they help within their own ability. So that was what I was trying to do. So that's, you know, the Soul Food program that came out. So I was also looking for someone to help me prepare food and stuff like that. So I end up um, getting Pinky from Gallery, which yep. is like a good friend. I've always been mm -hmm. there to drink coffee. Yeah, and just so, asked, sorry, that's uh, Gallery Cafe. Uh, with Pinky, I, yeah. just to give them a shout out because they've right. been doing a lot of work with you as well. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. if you do want to go to a cafe, she's got like four or five cafes on the yeah, island, yeah. doesn't she? Yeah, bless her. Exactly. So, um, so because I spoke to her and I, I asked her if she, you know, would be able to help me because, and she said, yeah, why not? Because the stuff in there, I mean, it's kind of like give them something to do as well. So she was quite happy to participate. So then we said, okay, we, we kind of like strike a deal and then like how much I have to pay her from the money that was raised and stuff like that. So, um, so that's how it started. And then, um, Swai uh, Kitchen Anoy also said that he would love to, I mean, he spoke Chef and say, yeah, so he also came on board. So that's cool. how we put the two uh, restaurants together. What? And we also felt that it was a good way for the restaurant to have some exposure as sure. well, you know, yeah, that absolutely. they're part so, of the program. So, uh, yeah, that's Chef Noy from Sway Restaurant. Um, very good, nice guy. Handsome. Ooh. <laughs> Handsome guy. Ooh. And a great Are cook. Are you changing your mind already? Oh, I'm at the age, Bex, though, where I'm allowed to say men are handsome and gorgeous. Okay. Some men don't like it, but I'm, I'm in touch <laughs> with my feminine side. I'm Ooh. happy to give him... Uh, look, it's been three years. <laughs> I need something. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. <care. laughs> Apparently, any holds a goal. <laughs> anyway, no, we talk about charity. We shouldn't be talking okay. about But no, so it's, it's soul food. Uh, it's, that's the... So yeah, I kind of hashtag. You know, like these days, you gotta whatever you, gotta you have do. A hashtag. Yeah. Well, I think hashtag is good in a way, but you kind of have to be sensible with your hashtag. Like one of those things that I have problem with is people hash tagging like social distancing. You mm. know, hashtag COVID nineteen is like what for? Yeah. Like we need to be reminded of all these things yeah. that it's, it's like, not like we, we hate. Don't know you know? What's going on. Yeah, yeah. So like stuff like that, I I don't agree about hashtagging, but I think hashtagging like good stuff, it, it's it's nicer, mm. you know. And also, so food is like it keeps you warm, it warms the heart. <laughs> so like that is why the the, the name came out, you know. And it's just it's still going on now, so yeah. people can still support it. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, just before we get into your bucket list, how can people support it? I think uh, people can support in different ways. Like it is, we just launched a program with Blue Tree, the um, CSR, that part of the thing was to be able to channel funds to them. 
because uh, I don't need a lot because I'm just providing food. It's like 30 yeah. baht a meal, you know, and I strike a good deal now. So the thing with that, uh, with the galleries that now that their restaurants are open, I understand they couldn't support because they have a very small kitchen. So I find PO that is by Chintali Kitchen. I don't know whether you've been there. Uh, amazing food at two star prizes. And he's such a, such a nice guy. You know, like sometimes he would give me extra food just to give away without charging me extra money for it. <laughs> like I have a budget like every day, sure. like how much to churn up. So then again, um, so with, with with him, I would also just pick up meals every day and deliver them. So I could still go on with the program. It doesn't cost me a lot of money to provide like a hundred pack of food. You know, it's like 3,000 baht. So are you delivering yourself? Yeah, I do. Do you do chicken and fish as well? That's twice twice in the same. Oh. No. <laughs> you mean... At, together, just, no, chicken no, no, just, and fish? just, just ignore Jay. He's. It's a great joke. It's a great joke. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. It's, oh. So, it's if people want to get in touch, either t- I mean, basically, you're looking more sort of fi- for financial donations. Uh, yeah, in a yeah. way, for and sure. And if people want to get money to you, what's the best way? Um, I think I have actually spoken to a lot of people that have messaged me. I prefer that I don't take money in my name, okay. just to keep things very professional. So I've actually approached Blue Tree under the CSR to collect the money on behalf okay. that we could use it because we don't know how much is going to come in but I may not always need this money for yeah, soul yeah. food but we could always support the community in other way like the new platform that we have now that we would get like raw rice oil and stuff that people yeah. could go and draw as and when they need because I find that you know when you give something to people even though they don't need it they're going to take it because you give it to them sure, but yeah. sometimes they don't need it so why don't we just give it to people that really need it to just come and draw the supplies yeah, no, if you just go to the, sorry, sorry, just go to the Blue Tree Facebook page and the, all the CSR stuff. And, and in all fairness, um, they are doing a great job. The CSR team, Kumpu and her team at, at Blue Tree have yep. done an amazing job. And they've just set up the little pantry now outside yep. where you can just go and you can help yourself to items if right. you need so, right. if you need to. Um, I'll be putting some plants, actually, because I've been looking at There's, Ooh, there's nice. all lots of products there, like mm. rice and cooking right. oil. But I'm actually going to put some, and it's something I've been working with my local community, is growing seedlings and then giving them to the local community right. now obviously that's a long-term project but it does mean that they can actually plant something and then they'll get some fruits and vegetables growing in their garden can um, i rope you in on something yeah since you're into plant because you know like with all these campsites that i've been to they have so much land but it's just full of filth and stuff like yeah. that i mean imagine if they clear it out and have a garden they could have their own food well absolutely yeah. and this is some of the people some of the camps actually do that i've seen like one absolutely. of those camps yeah. and i think they should go in that direction rather than always asking for people to no give, i agree give and i think it's, it's, it's trying to teach people to become self-sufficient and look it is a long-term project it's not the short-term answer is yeah right. go and cook food for them give them food but the yeah. the, the medium to long term is also is to teach them just go and plant something because yeah, that papaya exactly. tree will grow and you will always get papayas mm. right. Exactly. The passion. And these things grow so quickly in this, uh, uh, in this climate, especially now with rainy season coming. Yeah. So yeah. one of the key things that I think you can do is, it, look, if you, if you don't want to grow plants from seeds, which is very difficult mm-hmm. uh, for some people, just go to the local nursery and go and buy already half-grown papaya and just take it to one of these pantries, mm. leave it there, Someone's going to grab it and go and I plant it in their thing. Lots of it's just a different option, you know. It's <laughs> very I can give them to them for free. Yeah. yeah. So, look, if you need stuff like that, uh, so it's Soul Food. You can go and search that or go to Blue Tree uh, yeah. Facebook page. So, uh, we are organizing a, um account dedicated to the CSR program. Cool. So, this is what we kind of have agreed with Blue Tree that not to mix up the account with their sure. own current business account. So, to set up a separate account because the long term about one of those things that 
that we discussed was also the fact that because uh, CSR is so much a DNA in what Blue Tree is striving to do for the community, then it's not just this project. There's so many things that has to be done to help the community. Just educating the kids how to defend themselves, how to say no. Like like I was looking at all this camp, there were all these young girls that were living among all these men. I mean, I'm not saying all men are bad, but... A majority know, are. Yeah, but then the girl need to be smart as well sure. about their body and stuff Absolutely. like that. So I think it's an education that can be thought and someone could teach them. Well, I think the so positiveness from this, this whole... And, and Russell and I have touched on very uh, many different positiveness that have come from this whole virus thing, is the community is becoming much more closer. Mm. Um, and we are seeing things that we didn't see before. And people from all walks of life are starting to be much more friendly right, to each other. Right. And just fingers crossed it, it carries on. We're going to have to move on. Um, right. So just keep... Um, well done for all the work Thank you're doing, you. by the way, for that. Um, bucket list. I've yeah. jumped in. Bucket list. So I've, I've got a feeling this could be a good one. But go on, Rebecca. Tell us what are the things that are on your bucket I list. I think one of those things I really want and you can, to do. If you want, you can mention what you said on the phone the other day. Oh, with <laughs> a threesome with two yeah. white dudes? Yeah. No, you know what I told Russell? Is that does it count if you've done it, but you want to do it again? Yeah. Is it still in a bucket list? <laughs> can, you, can it still qualify as a bucket list? Maybe I will compromise one white, one black. Yeah. <laughs> oh, two blacks. Okay, damn it. Two blacks then. <laughs> sorry. I can't say black. Damn I, it. I, Shit. Sorry. I did say this might be a good one. <laughs> I don't, I, 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 I don't you got nowhere to go with that, don't you? I don't know. Where to go with that? Yeah. Well, know. She knows where to go with that. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> no, right. but, but that's more for entertainment. But uh, yeah. one of those things that I really want to do is to go skydiving. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a lot of adrenaline. It's so fun. Yeah, I'll be up for that. Yeah. That's been not, not, not together, okay? No. <laughs> not at the same time. Are you I putting the shoot? I thought you were putting the shoot. <laughs> oh, hold on. So you want to threesome with two white guys and go skydiving. Why don't you put it all together? Okay, three guys then. Let's do it. That's that's a whole. I'm game. <laughs> that's a whole new mile high club. That is. In all fairness, the skydiving does come up a lot. We have a yeah. lot of people want to do mm. skydiving. Is there because anything it's else? adrenaline rush. Is there anything else on your on your bucket list? There's so many things you know. I want to learn well, come how on, to re- do motocrossing and all this fun stuff. That I kind of like in my head, I imagine I'm so adventurous, <laughs> but I've never got on to doing it because you know there's so many other things to do and there's so much to learn, you know. So. Cool, man. Yeah. All right. Super. Well, there we go. I think we're... Um, Run good. out Unless of time. Do you have any more questions for the lovely Rebecca? Or are you gonna, you're going to show her Do you want my number? I've got your number. I've got your oh number. Dear. Oh, dear. Do yeah. you want to put it... Oh, <laughs> do you want to <laughs> tell the whole... Well, the whole <laughs> no, world. No, no, yeah. no, no. no. I just want you to. <laughs> <laughs> we will put the links in the description to the soul food... And, and your phone number. And, and Rebecca's <laughs> phone number. And if you are two white guys that are looking for <laughs> a beautiful Singaporean lady... Or a cafe latte. Well, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, Rebecca, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you so much. It was so lovely having it's been you. Fab. Russell, thank you. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. And we'll talk to you soon. Catch you soon. And kisses. Bye. Bye. That was Rebecca. It's a great podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm peeking. Um, for a change. No, I know. Let me turn it all down now. First of all, we should explain that we recorded with Rebecca on the Friday, and today is Sunday, and we're at Russell's house. Back at the original studio. Back at where it all started. Where it all, where it all started. Um, and Rebecca was amazing. She's she, fun. She's completely <laughs> nuts. I mean, she's not on this planet. She's not on this planet, is she? No. Although, to be fair, given the current state of things, it's probably not a bad idea. No, but she's doing um, a great job. 
No, she is doing a great job. The old charity stuff. I'm trying to have a sip of coffee and yeah, talk yeah, at the same time. Drink, drink, and, mm. drink and talk at the same time. No, no, for what she is doing, it's great. Um, and to be fair, she was kind of, as she was saying, just ended up getting stuck here because of what's happening. Um, and then something obviously is happening and she's going to be stuck here. So there's light at the end of the tunnel for her. Well, indeed. But she, I mean, at the time, she didn't know that. That kind of came up later. But rather than just sitting down watching Netflix and twiddling her thumbs all day, decided to um, get involved, do something charitable, help people out. Charity, mate. Charity, mate. And then on the back of that, yeah, uh, by the sounds of things, there's some um, things happening in the pipeline, shall we say. Secrets. 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 Bloody secrets. And the, um, the, the threesome we had at the end of the podcast was fantastic. Which was great. Terrific. Which she did, I don't, well, no, I do get scared quite often by strong women. Um, but um, I, I felt that the look that she gave us, she actually really wanted <laughs> to to take us into her domain and be, the, I, in fact, I've just come up with the title for the podcast. I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure I want to know. Well, she's Dominatrix, is it she not? Well, that'll do, fair enough. Rebecca the Dominatrix, probably not the right title for the podcast. <laughs> Anyway, she was lovely. I liked her. So well done, Rebecca. Thank you very much. Um, like us on Facebook. Like, like us on... I, do you know what? I've just realised I've come around here an hour early. Yes. Because Russell and I are off to a, a secret party. Oh, we can because they won't be listening because we finished and by also, the time. also, we can't invite you because it's happening now and you're not going to hear about this until Tuesday. That's right. So there's a secret party happening today on Sunday. A secret it's a coronavirus. So we can, actually, we can say happy birthday, Steve. Or happy, happy Bark Day, Steve, because it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, the and Colonel. And we're not giving it away because... And we are going to a party, but we are going to be social distancing at the party. We are. Um, I will especially be social <laughs> distancing at the party. Because you're going to drive off. Because that's what I do at social... Well, that's, sorry, that's what I do at parties is social distancing a lot. What are you drinking? Um, Electrolyte. Oh, right. Okay, good. Uh, like us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Go and check out our new website, which was designed by me and Wix. <laughs> I'm not like some people say, hey, I'm a website designer. Check me out. Pay me money to design your website. I just use Wix. Mentioning no names. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. That's life. <laughs> uh, right. Thanks, Russell. Oh. Cheers, buddy. Sorry. Who's next? Who's next? Well, we got two. I'm trying. To, I want to show you who's next. I was going to send you a. a I was going to send you. You're going to send me something. Going right? to send you a picture of who's next. Um, we're trying to get hold of DJ Russell. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. So we're going to try to do the. Russell I was listening to one of his um, mixes. Streams of He's good actually. Yeah, yeah. And did you hear Darren Fox I did sing indeed. it? Yeah, yeah. Which She's is the got first, some the lungs, first, eh? Yeah, and that's the first time I've heard her sing. And, and it's always different when you hear it live, live on a stream versus when it's like recorded and, and done in the studio and all of that. But no, she was live on, on the Facebook stream. She was brilliant. No, she was good. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm going to try to tap up Darian Fox because she's Foxy. We're looking at Russell, uh, the stain master. And then there's another, there's a, there's a Thai freelance chef that I'm trying to get on as well, cool. okay. which I'll show you a picture of later. That's it. Okay. Groovy. Cheers, buddy. I'll see you at the party. Well, yeah, we're just going to stop this and then we're going to go to the party, are we? Yay. Great. <laughs> so excited about this party. Thanks, Cheers. Russell. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye.